I'd like to welcome our first sponsor to the official Do Good Better podcast, and that is DonorDoc. Listen, as a nonprofit, DonorDoc knows that you wear many different hats, and that's why they are here to help you make your life easier. DonorDoc helps you connect with your donors on a deeper level and provides you with the tools to become the ultimate fundraiser. There are other instantly cool features too, but we know connecting and staying connected with your donors are high on most of your priority lists. Hey, guess what? DonorDoc is so awesome, and I'm telling you, so awesome, that to everyone listening, they are giving you a 100% discount off your first month. That's right, 100% off. It's absolutely free to use for your first month. All you have to do is use the referral code DOGOODBETTER, and you're set. Again, do good better. It's simple. It's easy. Head to DonorDoc.com to learn more and get started. Hey, thanks, DonorDoc, for being an official sponsor of the official Do Good Better podcast. Um, I wanted to find a way to fight those people who completely lose their sense of memories of who they are, where they are, and all those pieces. Um, so I've really kind of fought into... The Alzheimer's Association to feel like this is something that really can connect me with those people, connect me with um, finding cures for them and finding local here. They actually do local um, research right here in the Fort Red River Valley as well. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, this show is for uh, small nonprofits doing great big things. But what if it's a great big nonprofit that has very small chapters doing wonderfully big things? I think it counts. And that's why I got my friend Kyle Olson today on the official Do Good Better podcast. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing great, Patrick. How are you doing today? This is fantastic to be here. And like you said, we have a large organization, but very nice, small connection here in the Parker Mart area. I'm very excited. Kyle, you are a, uh, a realtor. You are a dad, uh, a do-gooder. I know that from experience. You're also <laughs> the uh, a, like a technology ambassador for, uh, for KW Realty, all this kind of stuff. And you are one of the largest uh, like personal um, sort of, you know, the, the most, ver- like I see you all the time talking about Alzheimer's Association. So there's got to be a reason, I know the reason, but you're going to talk about it, uh, that you are as passionate as you are about this organization. But if somebody's flipping through and they're like, I'd like uh, to know about this, Kyle, look at his face. He likes. He looks like somebody I want to want to know. Give me kind of a 5,000 foot view on who you are, what you do, and why on earth are you Mr. Can I, can I make that your Mr. Alzheimer's Association here in town? I'm going to say it. I said it out loud already. It's on the podcast. Uh, it's true. Um, who are you? What are you, what are you doing and, uh, and why on earth? Are you uh, the champion for all things Alzheimer's? Well, I guess it started about, uh, well, my dad started with memory issues about 16 years ago. And we'll get back into that a little bit later. Um, as we worked through the memory issues and as we've learned about Alzheimer's and we've had Alzheimer's throughout our family, um, I wanted to find a way to fight for those people who just completely lose their sense of memories of who they are, where they are, and all those pieces. Um, so I've really kind of fought into the Alzheimer's Association to feel like this is something that really can connect me with those people, can connect me with um, finding cures for them and finding local here. They actually do local 
um, research right here in the far Red River Valley as well. So it was really cool to see this large organization. It's truly working hard here in the local area. Right. So 16 years ago, your dad started having memory issues. Um, I, I, so I'm, it's funny, I'm going through this with my, uh, with my grandma currently and um, sort of getting progressively worse as, as you know, sort of this disease does. Um, but you, 16 years ago, that's kind of when it started on yours. Kind of how did that happen? And, and what was the, what was your first like, ah, well, that was weird kind of moment. Yeah. So for me, uh, my dad was a farmer. He always knew how to fix everything. He always knew exactly, you know, I, I think as farmers, they finally, they find ways to make their own solutions yeah. for things. If they don't have the right tools, right. They find those solutions. And uh, he was, he was just starting to slip on those things. He was starting to realize that, um, you know, it wasn't quite there. And he had a virus that actually attacked his heart at the time. So he was sick for a while. Um, mm-hmm. And the came and attacked his, his, some of his memories as well. Um, so it was really hard to have a conversation with them. A lot of his conversations ended up being two to three minutes long, and then he would repeat himself and, and forget where he was in the conversation, um, just continually progressed. So as we progressed through that, and um, you know, every year it would get a little bit worse, a little bit worse, um, progressed to the point where he wasn't really remembering where he was or who my mom was, and so it really went downhill after the 16 years. Yeah. How quickly after, you know, sort of his initial diagnosis, did you get involved with Alzheimer's Association in general? Or did was this kind of an after, you know, sort of everything happened? Or was it in immediacy? Like, how do you get, because I know people get involved differently at different times, where they find their passion for a particular organization. Where'd you find yours? Uh, for me, it was more towards the end. Um, you know, at the beginning, it was just more short-term memory loss, didn't quite fit in the Alzheimer's realm um you know and he was able to still function very well um at towards the end it was hard to function with him and i was looking for answers looking for what do we do now um there was one day when uh he was really struggling having a hard time finding he wanted to go to his house and he knew it was 2212 and he went outside showed him that the sign said 2212 and he still wasn't the right house for him um he definitely wanted to get home wherever that home was and no matter what I could say, no matter what my mom could say, we couldn't convince him otherwise that he was home. Um, ended up having to have the ambulance come in and take him into the ER. At that point in time, I didn't know. This is the third or fourth time we've had to have those conversations with him. And I didn't know what to do in order to help him with that. Um, fortunately, the Elsom Association has a 24-hour helpline that I kind of known a little bit about. And uh, so I gave them a call and truly was great to you know, be able to talk to somebody who understood the disease, who wasn't necessarily a doctor, who was able to answer those questions right away, so to answer some questions on where we could go with him if he needed a house to go to or if he needed, you know, more living uh, care and those sorts of, of pieces, mm-hmm. as well as how to talk to him and how to redirect the conversation a little better so he wasn't quite as confused. And that really helped a lot. So it meant a lot to me to find that connection with them. Right. That's an interesting bit. And then so, but your, your, your day job, now you're uh, not your uh, part-time uh, enthusiastic superhero-like, uh, you know, obsession with with the uh, sort of Alzheimer's Association, which is it's just a marvelous. Your daytime's a realtor, so how do you balance that? Uh, I think a lot of either parents who go through some sort of thing with their children, or they've got you know what is a development disability or some other thing that they're trying to fight for, in addition to having a a normal job, you've bridged the two beautifully. And I think this is one of the more exciting things. Every time I see you out in town or you, you're sort of 
uh, online is you're bridging your enthusiasm for fundraising with the business world. How did you start that? And how did you figure out that that was kind of something that you wanted to do or you saw it as an avenue to help? Well, you know, I saw with in real estate, um, I knew that there was people who would be, you know, struggling to keep into their houses with Alzheimer's or looking that they needed to move and needed to figure out what that answer was, how to deal with the loved ones who maybe didn't remember conversations and those types of pieces. I saw that piece within real estate, but then um, connecting that real estate into my advertising really helped a lot. Um, when my dad passed away, I said I wanted to raise $100,000. It seemed like a big number, right? <laughs> <laughs> big number, I can do $100,000 yeah. for whatever reason. And we just take those big numbers. And I said, I put it on social media. I said, I'm going to raise $100,000. I didn't give myself a deadline. I didn't give myself a how. Just I really wanted to find a solution to this. Because, you know, I've seen my grandfather go through it. I saw my dad go through it. I'm figuring that I'm going to go through it. My kids are probably going to either see me go through it or hopefully they won't be going through it themselves. Uh, but I want to solve this thing because it's just not fun. Um, and so put 100000 on it and I said, okay, now how do I do that? I figured out that if I start taking a percentage of each one of my closings and put it towards that goal, um, the closings keep coming up and the more money comes into it and the more we can continue to to fund that that dream of 100,000 it just seemed to really connect well. As a as somebody who who does that within business, how has that been reacted or or with those you've got as clients? You know, it's you're not imposing this on them. You're not saying that hey, you have to donate. You're just presenting it as hey, as part of this, I'm going to be giving a, a portion away to the Alzheimer's Association and I'm going to do it through this $100,000 goal. What's the reaction of of individuals who work with you? I, they've all t- really, really liked it. Um, every time when I do a closing, I give them a great thank you card talking about it in there. I don't necessarily bring it up too much at the beginning. Um, it's not the the end all reason why they need to work with me. It's just a, an added side benefit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they really kind of get the you know that they get great service. They get everything else with it, and then on top of that, they also get to help fight Alzheimer's, and that really has been a winning combination. If you were sort of advising business owners to look at their own strategies and whether whatever passion that they have, whether it's, you know, dogs or cats or schools or, or whatever the case may be, how, how would you go about recommending other businesses who can say, all right, well, if Kyle can rock this thing, this just sounds like a pretty fun talking point to my marketing materials and that kind of stuff. I'm always fascinated about how businesses can partner up on a, on a way different scale, but some think it's maybe imposing on others and blah, blah, blah. And what would you, what would your advice be to businesses or individuals who are looking at businesses and saying, Hey, this isn't a good example of how you can partner with us as an organization. Look, look to Kyle, you know, this is what he did and this is how he's been uh, really sort of fortunate by having some folks really interested in it. Yeah. For me, I would say, um, you know, finding those ways that truly fit your, your marketing and you find those, uh, we came up with the, the phrase closing for a cure. Um, once I kind of figured that out, it seemed to really fit within all of my social media posts. It was easy to toss something in there about closing for a cure to, you know, bring in the memories that I'm making with my kids and remind those memories. That that's what I'm fighting for. That's what I'm, why I'm trying to raise my money is to, to keep those memories for myself and for my kids. Um, so just ways to continue to bring that, that business together. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of ways in a lot of different businesses that we can find truly connect our social media with our cause. Um, just have to think about it a little bit. And I think the other big thing for me was when I finally picked one 
association. I mean, I was working hard with multiple different so multiple different um, charities. But once I finally picked that one that truly connected with me, I was able to change my messaging to follow along with that. Um, and that really helped to bridge that piece. It was, it's hard when you were still scattered between multiple different sides. How do we get our marketing? How do we get our message together? And that really helped once I picked the Alzheimer's Association. What you just said is remarkable. And if any nonprofit is listening out there, that's exactly the key to getting in front of you know, sort of power players and individuals who can dedicate a big chunk of time towards your organization is help them find their passion. If their passion is your group, if you can find it, then they all of a sudden, all the other little ones that they spend a lot of time giving a very little bit amount, which again, all matters. But but the way that you now talk about being associated with the uh, Alzheimer's groups and the Alzheimer's Association is probably exponentially more passionate than you did about divvying up all those at that enthusiasm between five, six, seven, eight groups. And really if you're a donor trying to figure out what works for you will help you feel better. But if you're an organization, if you can help and sort of navigate an individual to sort of hone in on their particular passion and whether that has to do with your programming or not, then you get the, the reaction of somebody like Kyle who's like, well, yeah, and think about this. And there's another idea. And here's another idea I have. They can spend a lot more time brainstorming with you about ways that can actually uh, bond in, or sort of get additional people in or whatever that looks like. Uh, I think that's just a great lesson that you've given groups themselves and individual donors who are looking a little, uh, who are feeling a little scattered. And it's okay to give to a lot of places. I think the average is like five or six groups and we all do it. We give church and we give to colleges and, and small groups and you pay the 20 bucks for the coupon book that comes right at your door every year. But to really hone in on a passion, I think that's really the fun part. And you can tell through a, your marketing and the way that you just talk about it, that this is kind of your, this is your wheelhouse now. And that, that I think is a really cool and the moves you've made and the connections you've made because of that have probably helped out a lot more than you could being spread in, in 12 different directions. I think that's absolutely correct. I mean, there's so many things that I haven't dropped. I haven't not done, but now yeah. that specifically on this, you know, I'm sitting with Emily, who's a, the head of the, the development over the, there. And you know, we can come up with great marketing pieces that pull together both causes very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can spend my time and energy towards that instead of just, you know, here's five bucks go and do whatever you can do. Now I can really say, here's a hundred dollars, here's a thousand dollars, here's the numbers that we need. Mm-hmm. How can we exponentially raise that even more and work together to make a partnership out of it more than just, you know, here's, let's, let me sponsor this, put my logo up here. Great. I want to figure out how we can actually work together to, to merge and almost bring in that networking piece, merging those spheres, merging those pieces together. So you're actually able to continue to work with the same group of people and grow that, that community, I guess. Again, great from a business perspective too. You know, if you want to build a networking uh, group, find a group of like-minded, you know, passionate human beings and do the same thing. It's going to be great. I love that. Well, you got a walk coming up and I don't want to, I want to make sure that we hit this uh, as part of our podcast too. You've got a walk coming up September 26th. Um, and everything's now virtual. We know, we know because of, you know, COVID, we can't gather in giant, large spaces. Um, I would love to know kind of how you are taking the, an in-person walk. A lot of people have questions about, yeah, it's easy to do a gala or a something you throw on a zoom call and you do that. That's great. A virtual walk. This is going to be kind of uh, an interesting bit. How are you guys doing this? 
Um, where was the decision made? How was this made? And then give me some details because I think we need to talk through this. It's going to be kind of fun. Yeah, fortunately, the Elsman Association, um, we, we get to rely on that national piece of it mm-hmm. for making walk go virtual. So they're creating an amazing new um, app for the walk, which is going to help to organize um, both the keynote speakers, uh, the basic you know opening ceremonies to it. I'll actually be speaking for part of that. It'll be really fun here locally. Uh, we'll, we'll have the keynote speakers and stuff in there. Then it also tracks your walk as ways for you to share on social media that each individual group is actually going to walk in your own neighborhood as a family, as a team, walk in your neighborhood and share that. So instead of everybody getting together downtown and you know walking and making this big thing, now we're going to be walking all the way around the city. We're walking all the way around the community and we're going to be sharing that, hopefully turning the city red or purple on it that morning. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then after that, we also have a um, an actual um, promise garden, which is a big piece of what we've had for the walks before. We're going to have a a view-only Promise Garden. So we're down in Linwood Park. You drive down through the Promise Garden. You can see we'll have um, these pinwheel flowers that we've had in the Promise Garden before all throughout the park. It'll be a very fun day to just drive through and really get inspired for all those people who are out there fighting for the Alzheimer's Association. Um, what you said is intriguing, and I know you're a tech guy. And so apps... Talking about apps with you is like, I, I'm not as, I don't think I'm as passionate about anything as you are about technology and the cool things that you could do with it. Maybe Dungeons and Dragons, maybe that, maybe that final fantasy, maybe I'm, but other than that, no, but with being a virtual event, even in an app form, what you said is interesting about doing it in your own neighborhood rather than gathering in one space and then doing it as a collective group, the reach you have to more people seeing what you're doing in different neighborhoods is exponential to what you could do in a group previous in previous years. You're reaching, because now you're in every different neighborhood. Now you yeah. get to wear your purple shirts marching around the neighborhood. People are looking out their windows going, hey, I wonder what there's going, what, what's happening over there, rather than you having to be downtown on a walk route in order to ask the question, hey, I wonder what those groups are doing outside. Are you finding that this is going to be the case, that you have an expanded, extended opportunity to reach more people to talk a little bit about what the Alzheimer's Association does and what benefits that you have to fundraise for? Definitely one of the goals. I think, you know, the walk is everywhere is really one of our key key phrases. And I think we're really going to see a big sea of purple throughout that entire day, all throughout the area. So I think it'll be a lot of fun. And you're, you're, you're the people who participate in it. So we said to think about those 500 people walking throughout the Fargo market area. I mean, it's going to be fantastic, and I really am looking forward to being able to drive around and see some of those teams out there. I really like it because that you you're walking around the neighborhood. You don't have to go and park a car somewhere and go walk and then find another parking place. Go walk back. You literally start at your front door, collect all your neighbors in a safe space, uh, safe distance between each other, and walk around the block collecting people like the Pied Piper of uh, do-gooding. And I like, I love that as an idea, wear purple, wear, wear all this kind of things. It would, it would be great. I'll uh, get my wife to wear purple because she's a Packers fan and this would just irk her. Uh, and then I'd have to convince her she's doing good. Then she'd reluctantly go and participate. Um, but that kind of, that kind of thought process, that kind of event planning, that kind of um, outside of the box, Hey, we can't do the things we used to do. Look at this. This is kind of a fun thing that you actually get to be a part of now. So I really like that as an idea. Oh, you're at sea, and now you got to change that. No, 
<laughs> ruined our friendship. If you're just listening, you just put on a cheese head. It works. I know it does. I just you've offended my eyes. <laughs> For those of you listening, I apologize. You had to hear the word uh, Packers and a cheese head. It's terrible. Uh, but I love that. And so you've got a uh, you've got a hundred thousand dollar goal for the walk this year, or what's walk. the goal? What's the goal for the walk this year? Dollars for the the walk that we're looking to get. Say again. So, uh, what's the goal? Goal is over one hundred twenty thousand. Last year we hit one hundred twenty five, so we're figuring that you know a little bit a little bit lower with uh, COVID and everything. But I think we'll be very close to hitting that goal. I'm very excited about that. How do you fundraise uh, during a walk as a uh, sort of a business owner or as a team? member and as sort of the chair of the entire event itself, what are you suggesting people do to fundraise it for virtual walks like this? Well, for the virtual walk for fundraising for your team, the biggest thing is to just get signed up right now. I'm getting an understanding of what your team is going to look like. Recruiting every person you recruit, they bring in their friends, they bring in their, you know, their connections and you, you get more and more people on your team. Um, and then you start with, you know, some social media posts of, hey, this is what I'm walking, this is why I'm walking. Um, you start getting people who, you know, have 10 bucks, 20 bucks that want to just do a quick Facebook. We've got the Facebook, you know, um, fundraising right on there. They just click on there. Yep. 10, 10 bucks. It's really quick and easy. You know, so, so starting now, you, your numbers come up real quick and you definitely get into the champions club or whatever else you would do as you, your goals are. So, If I'm reading this correctly, I wrote down pyramid scheme of benevolence. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's like a multi-level marketing plan, but uh, for good, and I like that a lot. Here's here's what I love about that too. If you're if you're planning a virtual walk, if you're doing exactly what Kyle's organizing with the Alzheimer's Association on September 26th. Uh, if you're planning on that, your ability to reach out to additional people without having them having them needing to go anywhere and you're reaching out the peer to peer fundraising right now is going to be absolutely critical to get new donors, new individuals, new passionate people to find them in a large swath at 10 bucks. That's an easy entry level gift that you then can though follow up with a thank you card or thank you note or whatever to get them interested in what Alzheimer's is doing and the amount of leaps and bounds they have made in the last number of years, understanding the disease a little better. I think that's really what the critical piece is. A lot of this research, even done locally, uh, the way that Kyle mentioned earlier, is that now we've got a deeper understanding of where the root cause is, what also sort of triggers some of these pieces. And then that eventually leads to some really specific cures that are coming down the road. That type of storytelling and the fact that a lot of people, what was the number of how many people are affected by uh, Alzheimer's in the U.S. every year? In the U.S. every year we have, um, you know, forget, 5 million Americans living with Alzheimer's all the time. That's crazy. That's crazy. So you're, you're connected in one way or another to somebody who has been uh, affected by this particular disease. And then you realize you're hearing the stories about how bright and vibrant and, again, uh, farmer that just knew how to fix everything that couldn't. And, and then you start thinking about like, Oh, then my money can help. And if I tell this story, somebody else is going to connect or connect the dots to maybe this is something that's happening in their own family. That's the power of peer to peer fundraising. I really love that as a virtual entity because you get to go and now have people from other different States at the same time, walking with the same group of people. And you have that sense of community without being physically present for everything else. I think that's really, really important. I love that, man. That's great. $120,000. I think you can do it. That sounds awesome. 
I'll be sending good vibes and probably 10 bucks your way as well. Cause that's, <laughs> you know, if I don't, I know you're going to hound me for it. And so I'm going to with pleasure, my friend, that's going to be awesome. Um, how do people get involved if they are interested in either getting a hold of you locally, the Fargo Moorhead area for uh, walk to the end Alzheimer's uh, on September 26th, how do they get involved? Certainly just Google search for the walk to end Alzheimer's in Fargo here. Um, right on there on the website you got just sign up on there you can find us on social media anywhere Fargo walk and Alzheimer's is all out there um one other thing I want to kick off there before we go too far here we did some awesome something awesome here recently we also started a new support group and this is a really cool support group it's for people who are dealing with having a loved one who is currently in a um senior center and they can no longer see them so we did a virtual support group for people for that too was in the, the Alzheimer's Association. Really oh, cool that. That's, that's on a awesome. week. Oh, that's awesome. See, you, that's another thing too, where you, at that point in time, how do you connect safely uh, and, and socially distant to an individual who might, you know, not understand socially distancing anyway? Uh, that's an interesting one. That's a great, uh, great bit. I love that. And are you finding that it is a little more challenging that people are just having a harder time with this, with the physical distancing? And I would imagine that this is even harder now. The add on to this in long-term care facilities where you just can't go in and just give them a hug and a high five and, a, and sort of being next to them. Um, I imagine that that's exponentially harder than it is now. It's much harder, especially with Alzheimer's. I mean, sometimes they'll pick up the scent. Things like that will help them re- remember who they're talking to. Mm-hmm. When you go virtual, you lose all of those physical cues, those mental cues as to who you're talking to. It's really difficult hmm. to continue a relationship with somebody who, who is in there with, with Alzheimer's disease. So uh, it's definitely difficult. And we try to find ways to help them trigger or bring back some memories of who they're talking to. Brilliant. Hypothetically, someone's listening to this too, and they're like, oh, I happen to need to sell my house, and I would love my money to go to a an end to Alzheimer's as well. So I need to sell my home and close my house and actually do some good with it. How the heck do they get a hold of you? Cause you know, I want you to sell my house cause I have good that I want to give in this world. How do they get a hold of you? Well, you give me a call at 701-526-8596 or you look me up on movingfargomorehead.com. Um, talk about the closing for a key on there or any social media platform. Kyle Olson Realtor, you'll find me. I love it. And of course, for all the episodes, we're gonna have all those links down in the show notes because, you know, we want you to have this, uh, A, you've got a bat, you know, sack full of money you want to give to the Alzheimer's Association through, uh, through our friend Kyle. Yeah, you're going to do that. If you need to sell your house and you're going to give them a boatload of uh, money and closing costs, that's going to be awesome too. It's a win-win. So do both of those things if you have to sell your house and you got a boatload of cash sitting under a bed. Do both. Give them to Kyle. It's going to be great. And uh, he'll do wonderful things with them, but get them to uh, the Alzheimer's Association and their local walk and the walk to end Alzheimer's on September 26th. Kyle, thanks very much for being on the show. Thank you, buddy. It was great being here. I love it. I'm so glad that we have you uh, as part of our uh, plethora of guests here on the official Do Good Better podcast. And we'll uh, chat with you soon, I am sure, my friend. Thanks for being on. Thank you. There are countless videos, books, articles, and folks out there with suggestions on how to raise more money. Of course, that's a major problem. Too much information. Do Good University has an online library of lectures, courses, and trainings that concentrate on one thing, making fundraising simple. 
Come join other like-minded do-gooders who are looking to unclutter their fundraising life. Enroll at Do Good University today at dogoodbetterconsulting.com.